Hello, you lovely lot. I wanted to take a moment to share an exciting announcement with you all. I will be doing a live show for Happy Mum, Happy Baby at the podcast show in London on the 22nd of May. This will be a live episode of this very podcast featuring me and a very special soon-to-be-announced guest. Get ready for a candid conversation, unfiltered truths, laughs, invaluable non-judgmental advice and lived experiences. Dive into the complexities of parenting while juggling work, relationships and personal growth and we'll be talking beyond the baby years. As well as the live episode, the show will also include a Q&A with both me and my guest. Tickets go on sale this Friday the 26th of April at 10am, but anyone who is part of the Happy Mum, Happy Baby newsletter will be getting early access to tickets on Wednesday the 24th of April at 10am. To sign up to the newsletter and for more information about the event, please head to happymumhappybaby.com forward slash events. I can't wait to see you there. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to a brand new episode of Happy Mum, Happy Baby, the podcast. Today's guests are two of the biggest UK exports when it comes to YouTube sensations. They are two extremely creative folk and business owners, and they're now parents to one-year-old Ottilie. Today's guests are Zoe Sugg and Alfie Days. Hi, guys. Because obviously YouTube is such a massive part of your life, but you are also slightly older now and you've got so much under your umbrella that has come from that. Yeah, it's wild. It's really wild. Like, we're celebrating our 10-year anniversary this year. What, as a couple? As a couple. Yeah. Whoa. 
Also, you know we've never done a podcast together. This is the, this done is the first interview we've ever done nothing. together, G. Are you excited or are you nervous? Both. Because <laughs> I feel like when we have couples on, it's a little bit like a debrief because you don't really get to sit down and kind of go, so how did you feel during my birth? Oh, is that how you felt? Like, Tom did an episode and it was really lovely to just sit down for an hour and a half and actually discuss it properly like this whole whirlwind that we'd been through and now you've just celebrated Ottilie's first birthday so it's probably a good time for you to sit down and and chat through it all definitely I'm very excited it's gonna be like a little couples therapy yeah. session <laughs> we're gonna learn a lot about each other <laughs> well how are you feeling because obviously you're one year in now and the first birthday is always quite emotional yeah, I found it really emotional, but mostly in the days leading up to it, because it was one of those things where your phone likes to remind you like, oh, a year ago today, you were doing this, or, you know, you were just kind of getting ready to have this baby. And you can kind of go back to all those feelings that you were having. I think I was more emotional in the days leading up to it. On her actual birthday, I was quite distracted. And like, I just wanted it to be the most perfect day ever. <laughs> But there was one point where we were driving in the car. It was like two days before her birthday. And I was like, let's put happy birthday on so she knows the song. I just started crying. I was like, why am I crying? We're just driving down the road listening to happy birthday on repeat in the car. I love the fact that you want to build her excitement for the moment, though. Build her excitement yeah. and get her used to the song so that when it comes on, you know, I can imagine the clapping, the legs all going. Yeah, Did she that... still had no idea, but maybe, she loved maybe it. next year. She loves the energy. <laughs> the energy. You, I mean, you've always been a, like, your mum's always been incredibly emotional at anything and everything. And Zoe's always been like, oh, mum, why are you crying at this? Oh, Already, yeah. that's Zoe. That's me. Already. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like, my mum, I'm sure she won't mind me saying this, but my mum was that mum watching the school plays where all my friends would sort of nudge me and go, ooh. She's, she's gone. gone. She's We're not even on the stage gone. yet. She's yeah. Gone. yeah, like I think she once watched a film in, in on a bus, and it was like you know when the buses back in the day, it was like a tiny TV at the front. Yeah. She couldn't hear. She couldn't hear it, but she still cried. Wow. <laughs> and that's, and that's where you're be you. That's, that's you. Yeah. I am my mum already. I mean, it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad. And also, I think no. with the first birthday, there's so much built into that. You know, it is it's a whole other phase, I think, going from a baby to a one year old. You know, even I called my babies a newborn for a very long time. They were no know, longer like, newborn. Even now, I'm like, do we still call her a baby? Or is she also, yeah, did you just say my babies? Do you still call them your babies? <laughs> Well, I would argue that my parents would still say that I'm their babies, that I'm their baby. So, you know, <laughs> my 18-year-old, my baby's still over babies. there. <laughs> Can you imagine if I'm watching football when they're 18? And my baby's over there, yeah. He's, yeah. he's just, oh, he's just got a goal. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, he's about, I think he's about seven, 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 six, seven hundred weeks old. <laughs> that was a great thing that I saw once where someone asked, how old's your baby? Someone replied, oh, they're 24 months. The other person answered, so they're two. <laughs> yeah, two. I find myself doing that. I said that in the office the other day. I was like, uh, yeah, no, they probably do start doing that around 14 months. And I was like, I mean, like just over a year old. Yeah. Like, I'm speaking in a different language. <laughs> Let's talk about your childhoods. Did you grow up anywhere near each other or were they really different? You know, where did you grow up? So not near each other. I was over in Wiltshire, kind of near Bath, in a little village called Laycock. And yeah, it was just me, my dad, my brother. There's 18 months between us. So we were quite close in age, mm. which was really nice. 
And it was very much, like we always say, quite a little safe country bumpkin vibe. Like my primary school had like, I mean, when I was in year six, there was six pupils in my primary school. There was six of us. So it was very small, very cute. We loved our childhood. Like me and Joe used to find so many things to keep us entertained. Whereas I feel like I'll pass over to you. You were not in Country Bumpkin. Yeah, I was very different. (laughs) I was in Tottenham in London. Oh, really? Yeah, like a bunch of family around. So like all my family lived a couple of roads away from each other kind of thing. It was me and my sister, my mum and my dad. But yeah, a bunch of cousins and... So quite a loud busy, environment busy in London, comparison. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very different. Did either of you just sort of think ahead to the future and think about yourself as a mum or a dad? Was that ever in your, like, life goals? Oh, yeah, it was always yeah, in mine. Definitely. I, I was that child that wanted dolls for Christmas and, like, just playing mums and dads was my absolute favourite thing to do, like, I think from very young, I was like, I am destined to be a mum. Like when people would say, what do you want to be when you're older? I was like, a mum. I just want to be a mum. And then obviously growing up, you kind of have this, like in the back of your head, you think, oh, well, I'm like 25. I'll be married and I'll have my first kid. But then obviously as you're, you know, getting slightly older, you're like, maybe not yet. So I definitely feel like I always had it in me. Like it was always something I was very excited to do and to be. And I was always very excited for that phase of life. But yeah. What sort of mum did you think you would be? Did you think you'd be like a Mary Poppins type? Did you have visions Um, of it? I think I definitely thought I would be a very what you see in books and films. I think that's all I had to really go by. Like very nurturing very patient, very calm, <laughs> very, very idyllic kind of mothering. But also, I suppose my own mum was what I had to go by. And, you know, I thought if I could be a mum like my mum, then I'll be amazing. Yeah, which is so nice for your mum to hear that. Yeah, know, I think exactly. as, a, as a parent, you constantly doubt yourself and think you're doing it wrong. So to have a grown-up child kind of going did good I want to be a parent like she was that's exactly. got to be the biggest you know pat on the back ever yeah have I you said that to your mum I don't think she's so she's going to be crying she's definitely crying <laughs> she's crying <laughs> she's gone <laughs> <laughs> shall we press in pause right now reaching for the yeah. tissues <laughs> yeah she will she will um, Alfie did you think about being a dad yeah I always did I think just growing up any time I saw like a man with young children and particularly young men always mm. just aspired for that to be me like Zoe and I would go on holiday together and we'd see like I don't know 26 year old dad with two little ones by the pool and stuff and I'm like oh, that's me like I want to be a <laughs> young me. cool dad <laughs> um, yeah, I've always just visaged myself like being yeah like a young dad yeah I mean, and I don't think I'm particularly young. Like I, I don't think I am at how all. Be, how old are you? I'm about to be 29. So I was 27 when Octi was born. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how old were you? You hold so you two were teenagers when you met. Mm. Alfie was. So I'm three and a half years older than Alfie. <gasps> Zoe. I know. <laughs> my my young my younger partner. I'm such a cougar. <laughs> Don't 
does this and I'm only six months older but Tom's like oh yeah she likes the younger man <laughs> so funny yeah so we're three there's a three and a half age gap which is funny because your parents are the exact same right exactly the same yeah yeah older. yeah did you have those conversations when you were younger about wanting to have a family yes yeah definitely yeah and that was always something that like I loved those conversations whenever me and Afi would have like conversations about like what do you picture in the future and how many kids do you want like I found those conversations so exciting especially because it wasn't something we were gonna do straight away you know it was something we can like look towards and dream about and you know yeah I guess because there wasn't a not that there ever is a rush but like you're saying it wasn't that there was it was a thing that was happening soon yeah it was more like a fantasizing about the future kind of thing do yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so it did it allowed it to be like just pure excitement yeah which was really and nice. things definitely changed over the years like we moved house and mm-hmm. there's like a family unit a couple of houses down that have got three children and then we'd see how they interact and they're like an amazing family we'd be like well oh, maybe three children could work but we've never discussed three children before so like <laughs> yeah things have like adapted over also the years. moving into your home it's such a family home like you obviously I would imagine that you couldn't help moving in and kind of going well when we do start a family this is going to be like this and this is you know you see your family evolving in that space yeah definitely you really visualize like what your future could look like and there's not that kind of added element of stress with like any societal pressures or Mm. like your age coming into play at that point because you're kind of like, well, it's not something we want to do yet, but it's kind of exciting that we can think about it in the future. And yeah, definitely made it a nicer conversation, I think, and something that we could both get really excited about and just bond over. Like it was a really nice thing to talk about, basically. Tom and I used to have a list of names that we used to just oh, yeah. add to all the time. And we'd meet someone, but I just met a little girl called Eden. Put that yeah. on the list. <laughs> I think I had a list from like the age of like 16 yeah it's very important and then you get pregnant and you're like the names come off the list because you're like I can't no that's not the right name and then new names come on so it's exciting I think and also I think it in society it's become that thing that guys are meant to be a little bit funny about talking about because then they're you know they're pinned down and you know whereas actually it's really fun to have those conversations and for it to just be that nice little chat about the future like this isn't it's a nice thing yeah it yeah. really is it if you create the right space that it is just the, the pure fun and it's not like right Alfie, i'm trying to get some answers out of you <laughs> yeah. when are we going to be having kids do you know what i mean yeah. which we never discussed it in that kind of way but if it is just like the getting excited about the future yeah because yeah. I suppose it would be very difficult if you were with someone who didn't want to speak about those things and you did like I can imagine that could be quite tricky yeah. because then you probably feel a little bit like oh is this something that they're thinking about or like do they just not want to discuss it because it's like too serious or yeah. I don't know but we were very lucky that we were both kind of in that kind of same mindset I suppose where yeah. it was like excitement or I'd like see somebody I'd be like Sorry, that's just me. Look at that, Dad. That's me in the future. And so I'd be like, he's like a year older than you, Alfie. Like, that's not you. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not me. (laughs) So when, how did it go from those, like, nice little exchanges to each other to actually, I think this should be a thing that we actually focus on? I think it was lockdown. I was about to say the same. Yeah. I think, obviously... 
this huge thing happened and the world kind of came to a bit of a pause. And Alfie and I are quite, I mean, Alfie is a Virgo. So I think his like Virgo tendencies really rub off on me. So we like things to be quite planned. We're quite good at like... Everything has a place. Everything has a place. Everything has a plan. Things that we want to get to, we have to like make sure we know how to get to them. There's Things still like- an element of fun, so he's making it sound like <laughs> I'm like. There's a spreadsheet for every event. Uh, we've got every lunch at uh, 1.14 today. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, that is so funny. Although what's quite funny is I would say you're very planned, but you're not that organised. No, I just like having a plan, but then executing it's different. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's still quite spontaneous on how to get there. Okay. So I think... When everyone was kind of forced to stop, I think it allowed Alfie and I to be a bit like, right, well, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last. We had planned to do quite a lot of travelling in 2021, hadn't we? Yeah, we had a lot of trips. And travel still wasn't really a thing. So we were like, "Hmm, when do we see ourselves wanting to kind of have children well and, and then could we... it be something though in that world because you know you've got travel because you know you've got work you're constantly going okay well maybe the year after that maybe the it's constantly for me it would feel like it's constantly moving further and further away whereas actually yeah. when you are forced to stop those yeah. things aren't there that and is exactly kind of what, what happened. happened yeah yeah because every year we'd sort of be like is this is this the year and then we'd be like no we want to do this, busy, this, this. Got like, a couple of projects on that are longer time frames and there would always not be the perfect time which as if there ever is yeah. so i was gonna say actually a lot of the time you feel like so many people are like you know you kind of know when you're ready or you're never going to be ready and yeah. i was like i think there was a part of me that was kind of waiting for that feeling But then thinking, okay, but I might have the feeling, but I then have to be sure that Alfie has that feeling that he's ready. Like there is two of us here, Mm. but actually I don't think that feeling ever really happens. I think maybe when I was pregnant, we were like, okay, we're we're kind of ready. (laughs) I I think I was just waiting for this like big overwhelming feeling of being like, now is the time. But actually it was just us being like, okay, let's let's have this year as the year that we you know try and start a family can you remember that chat going into it yeah i remember because we planned what month we were going to start trying and it got to two months before and obviously this was like a little bit being a virgo a little bit in advance we'd planned what month we were going to start trying okay and then two months before zoe's like I think we should start now. We should try now. I got impatient. And I was like, no, 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 Zoe. Zoe. I was like, we've got a plan. <laughs> was like, like, you never know how long it's going to take. I think Very we should true. just try. And we we decided not to. And we decided to stick to, like, trying when we were going to originally start yeah. trying. But now I think back to, like, if we did switch up, we wouldn't have Otty. I know, that's We would have a different child. Yeah. Which blows my mind. Yeah. Like, just, imagine if we just had a little boy. I know. Wild. Also, going back to where we were when we decided, I do remember we were, we were at the pig, the hotel. Do you remember? Because no. there was a tight. Isn't that funny? That. These things. Those Alfie's like, um, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I remember that. We went away, just us two. Yeah. And we were like, okay, we're going to try on. We're going to try. We didn't the, try at the pig. No, no. <laughs> we're going to try at the end of this year. For anyone staying in the pig awful. right now, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that, that wouldn't have been in the plan, dude. That, that, that would have been too rogue. Um, and, I, and we kind of, there's a little bottle of champagne in the. I do room. remember. 
and yeah. we toasted. Yeah, yeah, and we were I like, do. Okay, I've got a picture little... on my phone. Yeah, yeah. we did, we did a little toast because we decided, like, okay, we'll try it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so nice. I mean, I know that we're joking about the plans, but having something like that in place to kind of go, you both know where you stand in that sort of in that setup. You're kind of like, right, this is from this point, we are going down that road. Yeah. Can you remember? doing the test, finding out? And did you at first kind of go, no, it's not, it's going to be this? What made you take the test? I bought those tests where, you know, the ones that are like, you can see it like days after you've ovulated. Right. Where you kind of see a very faint line. Yeah. So I did that nine days after I ovulated. Alfie was like, oh, okay, all right. There's probably not going to be anything on there. Took it to the window and I was like, "Mm, no. There's literally nothing on there. Nothing on there. Every like four minutes, I was like, no, 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 I can't. Oh, no, I can't. <laughs> uh, come and look at the, Wait, wait. Oh, no, I can't. No, I can't. So then I'm like, okay, maybe... I think maybe I'm not pregnant. It's fine. We'll, I love we'll try it. Nine days time. after. It's not yeah. happening. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, not happening this happening. time. Yeah. And then the next day I was like, I'll just do another one just to make sure I could just be doing it too early. And there was, like, a line that you could only see at the window if you squinted. <laughs> and I mean, like... Blinked and squinted at the same time. And I was like, Alfie, I'm sure there's a line. We're like, no, maybe not. Got we're literally, if one. somebody was on the other side of the window, they would be like, what is going on? We're at the window. Like, oh, yeah, no, I can. I'm surprised we didn't pop yeah, it under a microscope, to be honest. <laughs> and then I was like, I'll just do another one tomorrow. Still okay. too early. It could still be too early. And then the next one we did, I feel like there was a faint line. Was it the, No, I feel like it, that was the one that was just like, full blown because it went from like really like crazily faint like (laughs) it it probably was like just the test like there was probably the mark where the line would go if there was a line and then the next day I feel like was just bam solid line kind of like yeah and we always said we would look together because you know you see a lot of these videos online where people kind of surprise their other half Mm. or you know you might find out before your partner and like choose a fun way to show them. But Alfie was always like, no, no, I, I want to like experience that excitement with you the first time. If I it, think because we're so fortunate for it to happen so quickly. Yeah. That like, it was obviously quite, we were still doing it together yeah. kind of thing, everything. Yeah. yeah. I kind of put it on the bedside table. At this point we were like, oh, I think it's negative. Like that line's not, that wasn't a line yesterday. So we put it on the bedside table and then the timer went on my phone and I just kind of leaned over expecting it to be negative. Yeah. And I looked at, I looked at it before Alfie. <laughs> and then Zoe's like, oh, I was like, Zoe. Like, I was like, you looked at it before me. <laughs> I think I swore. I can't remember. I think I was like, oh, my God. Um, And then we were both just, I think, just in a bit of shock. We So many people have asked me, like, what did you do when you found out? Like, what did you do that day? We went to the tip. It's one of those things where, like, we're both sat there in bed and I'm like, what do we do now? What do we do now? Like, what does Zoe have to do? Like, do we have to go, do we have to tell someone? Do we call something? Like, the the doctor? No one one tells you that stuff. We literally did our recycling. We went to the recycling tip and, and... that is about as crazy as our day got. We were almost in disbelief, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, don't know what you're meant to do next. We totally weren't expecting We were that. also in lockdown. It was oh. the Christmas where you yes. could only have people on Christmas Day. And we found out, was it like three or four days after Christmas mm. Day? And then we obviously went into the January lockdown. Mm-hmm. So I think like that was a bit strange because normally we would probably have distractions yeah. or 
I don't know, have things to do, but actually all we could do was a little trip out. So were you able to tell people during that period or did you kind of just hibernate as a duo? I was always of the like feeling of, I want to tell my close people Mm -hmm. immediately. Like I was always quite nervous about the first trimester because I have a metaphobia, which is a phobia of sick. So to me, I always, as much as I was always so excited to be a mum and couldn't wait to like, you know, experience everything, also kind of laced with that fear of, am I going to have awful morning sickness? Mm. Is this going to be really, really hard for me to deal with, with my fear? So instantly it's like, you've got the excitement and you've got the like very real fear that you're, you could end up feeling really awful. There's nothing you can do about it. So I was very like, I feel like we need to tell people I kind of want that support. Mm. Um, And if anything was to happen with the pregnancy, I would want the support from those people anyway. Yeah. Alfie and I were very like, yeah, we'll tell people straight away when we know, because, you know, we're excited. Equally, we're quite nervous. We're quite worried. We don't know what to expect. So I think we told my mum, we told my mum on FaceTime. Yeah. She was on a walk and it was snowing. It literally started snowing as we like said. Yeah. It was so crazy. Did and she my mum was always, she did, she did. She'd always make little, like every now and then, not too much because I know that, you know, parents being like, oh, when are you going to have kids is mm. quite like pressuring. So my mum would always do it in like the sweetest, like excitable ways. So like we'd be out shopping and she would find something really cute and be like, oh, Zoe. Like, She'd be like, I went to the... Um... Went to the local car boot. the car boot and I, I bought this little kitchen and I've just cleaned it up and I've done this. I've just put it I just put it in the attic. Just, just for, for when you do just have for kids. whenever. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I said to her, like, oh, I forgot to give you one of your Christmas presents. Like, what's one thing you've always really wanted? She was like, I don't know. What did she say? Just something quite what random. Did she say? Yeah. And I was like, no, it's not that. I can't remember what she said. And then I held up the test. And I think for a minute she thought it was a thermometer. She was like, like what's COVID. that? Like looking in, so like, is it a COVID yeah. <laughs> But she was very excited. And then I think, did we go on like a socially distanced walk with your yeah, family? Yeah, as soon as we started doing walks, we went on a walk with my family. And um, we were like, we found a Christmas present we totally forgot to give you. And we'd wrapped it up, like the test, in a box. <laughs> I love it. And my Sorry dad's has peed it on this test. They're <laughs> yeah. passing it round. <laughs> Well, your mum kept it. My dad, has she still got it? No, she doesn't. I'm, I'm pretty oh, that's sure she like still has it. That's weird. My dad opens it and he's like, oh, I love chocolate. And then he opens the box and he's like, no, no. But like, oh, it's so funny. It's very cute, very cute. How was the pregnancy, Zoe? Did you feel sick? I did feel sick. I did. Although I was very lucky that in the fact that I wasn't sick. Oh, I think I managed good. to enjoy pregnancy after about like 24 weeks. So I was mostly just very anxious. The only way I could explain it to somebody was, so I don't really like roller coasters. And it felt a little bit like I'd strapped myself into a roller coaster, but I didn't know what the roller coaster was going to be like. I didn't know whether there was going to be like 400 loop the loops. I didn't know how long it was going to last. I didn't know how I would feel on it. But you're strapped in now and the only time you're going to get off is at the end yeah um that's kind of how I felt in that first trimester because I didn't know how my body would react to pregnancy and you do all the things like you know go through all the apps and you're in all the forums and 
there are things that make you feel more reassured and there are things that can really send you on a downward spiral because you start worrying or, you know, you feel a certain way and you think, oh no, like, is this how I'm going to feel now? There's also a lot of like unknown in that first month. Mm. Like your body is like doing a lot of hard work. And I don't know, I just felt a little bit like every day was 10 days rolled into one. Like the time, I have never experienced time going so slowly but is that also because we were in lockdown so there was you yes know, you were back I had no home. distractions I don't know whether being in lockdown was like good or bad because mm. there was no distractions we weren't going out we weren't doing anything but it did mean that because I felt so awful there was no pressure to be anywhere or do anything mm. you know I just basically laid in bed for a, a really long time but like the only way I could describe it to Alfie I was like I've never felt ill for such a prolonged amount of time yeah like normally if you feel really sick you know it's like it's quite a passing thing or you're ill for 24 hours or but this was like every day you feel awful for mm. like and for me it was 14 I'd say maybe 15 weeks. 15 weeks every single day I remember us having conversations with you just being like I don't know what it feels like to not feel like yeah. this. like I don't think I'm ever not gonna feel like this again and I'm like trust me I mean I, oh, I was probably quite pass. dramatic <laughs> but I think I well, the statements dramatic. that you make in pregnancy are quite dramatic you know what I mean the ones that yeah, pregnancy your hormones moment, are yeah. everywhere yeah like and also there's just so many symptoms that I just never heard of before so I had something called dysgeusia I think that's how you pronounce it where you just have this awful taste in your mouth all the time and I'd never heard of it before and apparently it can either be like kind of like the taste of like coins in your mouth or like right. a really sour taste. And I had the sour taste and it didn't matter how many times I brushed my teeth or what I ate. It was always there. And I just remember being like, Oh my God, why did no one tell me about this? This is such a strange symptom. Like when will this go? And I actually think that was one of the last things to go. Like really? that took so long. Yeah. It's always so such a relief long. though, when you start Googling something, and the rest of the answer comes up, you know, the rest of the question or whatever you're typing in, like, I'm not alone. Someone has Googled this before me. Yes. Yeah. Just yes. that in itself is enough sometimes. Yeah. Honestly, I think my, I'd like to look back at my Google history because I think I could publish it in a book. There would be that many ridiculous things that I Googled, but you're right. Like, what did women do before forums and social media mm. and Google when they kind of felt like, I suppose they went to the doctor, but I, also, I would I imagine have been at the doctors every day. <laughs> but people lived a lot closer to each, each other. You had communities together who I imagine you would turn to mm. other women that you were seeing all the time and going, oh, so I'm, true. Fe I'm feeling this. Whereas now, actually, we take it away from those groups and we put them on forums or, you know, things like that. Yeah, mm. yeah, definitely. So I think the first part of pregnancy, I did not love. I didn't love it. I mean, it could have been worse. You know, I was lucky in some aspects. Um, everyone's pregnancy is so different. Could have been way, way worse. But I just really struggled with that first bit. But I had a little dip in my blood pressure in my second trimester, which I also had never heard of before. Mm. And when I mentioned it to my mum, she went, Oh, yeah, I had that, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now you mention it, I had that when I was pregnant with you. And I was like, 
good. Lovely. Good to know. But you forget about it, don't you? You forget about so many things. There'll be things now from newborn stage that you completely and utterly have have forgotten about. But you think at the time, this is a massive thing and I'm never going to forget it. Even when I was in my third trimester, I'd kind of forgotten some of the things from my first trimester. Like, I do think... I think your body does that on purpose. Yeah, I think our brains are kind of wired to kind of erase some of the stuff that you've kind of been through. Yeah. But yeah, towards the end of my pregnancy, I loved it. That's good. I loved it. Yeah. And I loved feeling her, like, kicking inside me. Like, in fact, when she was born, I really missed my bump and I also just didn't think I would because I would have my baby I just thought well she'll be here but I really missed like having her like kind of like in me I suppose like I missed that feeling there's nothing like I get a bit of wind every now and then I'm like oh that reminds me of (laughs) you know what I was literally (laughs) gonna say the same thing I'm like oh my god I'm pregnant oh no I've just got wind (laughs) 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 <laughs> this kind of wind that moves not just that i need to trump wind that yeah kind of yeah wind. the like bubbly the like yes. yeah bubbly yeah it does feel very similar yeah hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Alfie, what was it like from the outside? Because obviously for you, your body's not doing the same thing as Zoe's mm. and she's really feeling it. But in your head, you're going to be a dad and there's this big thing going on. So how was it for you? I always tried to be as like fully involved as possible, read up on books, look at things online, watch videos online. We did a bunch of like different courses and things over Zoom. But really try and understand what Zoe's feeling going through as much as possible yeah because that definitely obviously was really beneficial for Zoe hopefully yes it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully but also like otherwise yeah it kind of doesn't feel like you're having a baby kind of thing I think lockdown also helped that that it brought us so close physically together and emotionally like all the time that it really enabled like me to feel like I'm having having yeah. a kid as well kind of thing Alfie was amazing you're not giving your like yourself credit because honestly some days I would just be like Alfie I can smell the fridge from up here like shut the fridge fridge. like (laughs) I think I just turned into like cleaner chef like just everything that I could possibly every role I could possibly do yeah yeah so that everything was as smooth for you as possible yeah Alfie really embraced like whatever he could do to help like there was not one moment where he moaned, not one. 
Not, um, not well, I, don't, I don't think I can because I'm like. <laughs> He's too scared. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you could appreciate what I'm Yeah, what of course. I, was like, I can't be the one that's like, oh, I've got to cook it another dinner for like. For Zoe, that's different to what I'm eating. Oh, yeah, she's just over there growing human. I mean, God, you know the lazy mean? girl in the corner. It's going to be a little bit, little bit harder than what I'm doing. <laughs> but I think lockdown was really beneficial for that, that yeah. it enabled us to like bring us together. So you had a birth plan, but like all things, you know, when it happens, it happens, and you don't know where you're going to be or anything. Can you remember when you first went into labour, Zoe, where you were and what you're doing? So our situation is slightly different because we went to her final growth scan for Ottie and they were a little like, mm, she's on the small side. You know, when they do the percentile oh, yeah. readings and they were like, mm, you know, her was it her head percentile was her. pretty normal. Everything was completely normal. And obviously Zoe's petite so you're yeah. like what five four? Oh, in height yeah yes yeah like five, you're quite small as it is so so they always knew I was going to have a smaller baby but they were quite concerned by her abdomen percentile right so we're in this scan and she's going mm, I don't know I feel like they might want to induce you and me and Alfie are like and I'm like is, sorry, is the baby okay like is she sorry, okay what? like yeah what do you mean by this like let's not speak doctor terms let's speak like is she okay? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, yeah, she's fine. Didn't she say it was, it's got an actual name, but it's something to do with when your placenta is kind of using all its resources are going elsewhere. Basically, I think my placenta was kind of like had had enough. Right. So all the resources and the nutrients and everything for my placenta was going to the brain, which meant that it wasn't plumping her up enough, mm -hmm. basically. So in the, was, in the, like, uh, less I think it was still term. growing in, in percentile like it should. Just not quick but enough. But not as quick as everything else. Right. So then I think we had one more growth scan. I think they were like, just come yes, back in like, a couple of days. Do another scan in a couple of days. And we'll see if it's gone up enough, in which case you can carry on. How many weeks if, were you at this point? I was 38 weeks right. at this point. Or I think I was just before Just 30, about to be Just about to be 38 weeks, weeks. Yeah. Went back at 38 weeks and they were like, no, not, I don't think, let's let's get her out. She'll, she'll put more weight on outside. No, what they said is, have you got your bags with you? <laughs> and we were like... Oh. And I was like no we we don't have our backs with us and she was like ah otherwise we would induce you now yeah it was like I think oh at this point I went gosh. into like a state of shock because Alfie looked at me and I could tell he was just a bit like I don't know what she's thinking because obviously all that, like we just spoke about the courses and stuff that we've yeah. been doing it's like you are in control you can choose they're advising you you can yeah. do whatever you want to do so but I'm then like, when you're in that situation where, no, where an expert like, is saying this is for the, the what's best for your child, it, yeah. Yeah. you are in a position there where you have to, well, it's up to you whether you want to trust that mm. advice. And understandably, your head goes, I will follow you because you are going to get my baby out safely. Exactly, exactly. So I'm like, okay, so what happens if we if if we don't do that choice? I'm like, so so what choice? Can you can you give us like... a, can you give us a minute? Can we just have a couple of minutes and just run by ourselves? I'm like, shit. Alfie, <laughs> I remember you leaned over to me and you went, "Is that all right? Like, are you okay with that?" And I I can remember just being like, 
I don't really have any words. I like, feel like you were like, I don't have a choice kind of thing. We're like, no, we do have a choice. <laughs> it's very, very limited. It's like 90% going to be happening. But. So we basically, she basically was like, okay, come back tomorrow. I'm going to induce you. And we were like, okay, fine. So we went home. Understandably, I didn't really get much sleep because I'm just sat there thinking of all these things. Family like, how's but you the had your bags like, packed, right? Your bags, oh, the bags were, were packed. packed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bags okay. were packed. They were ready to go. So it was just a case of us kind of like, you know, putting Nala with your parents yeah. and like tying up a few like loose ends. Because at this point, I still thought I had like two weeks to go. Yeah. And isn't it like 80% of first pregnancies go over? Mm. I feel like that's the stat or something around that. Yeah. So it was. Although to be fair, I think I'm better in situations where something is pounced on me. Yeah. I think had our doctor said like, you know, two weeks before, oh, it's looking likely that this, I think then I would kind of stew on it and I would worry about it and I would start Googling it and I would, you know, try and get other people's kind of experiences of inductions. And I think then I probably would have worried myself, but the fact that it was literally like come back tomorrow, I was like, okay, right. This is the last like 24 hours of us kind of Mm. at home let's just do some of the things we need to do drop Nala off with your parents like and then we kind of headed into the hospital so I never kind of went into natural labor I don't know what that feels like yeah because I had an induction so but leaving the house that last time knowing that was the last time you'd be leaving it as a twosome Mm. yeah how did that feel that was weird. It's I think so I was quite weird. excited though. Like I remember us being like, oh my God, the next time we open this front door, she's going to be with us. And that was quite exciting. And like it... the last night with Nala, our dog in the bed. Oh, Just us. I was like, Nala, you are not ready for what's going to happen in a couple of days when we get home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think I just felt, I think I felt like a mixture of nerves, excitement, and just like, oh my God, this is it. It's actually happening. Like yeah. all of these nine months, of, well, almost nine months have kind of brought us to this moment. And mm. then we kind of shut the door and we were like, okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then what happened next? So I was induced. They gave me like the gel. So I hadn't really looked too much into induction. I kind of knew about it, but I think there was a part of me that didn't want to know too much Yeah. because, you know, we'd done kind of hypnobirthing and all these visions of like, you know, breathing in the pool and things like that. I'm like, okay, that's not quite what this is going to look like for me, but I can still use a lot of the tools and I can still try and stay quite calm. I'm quite an anxious person. So I wanted to kind of take each step as it came and there is quite a lot of steps in in an induction like it's not you know uh just a one thing fits all you know it kind of depends on what your body's doing and Mm. how much of something you might need and there's a little bit more intervention which I guess some people don't really like so I was I think I went in with a very open mind which is quite unlike me I was very like okay what will be will be we just want her to be out and Mm -hmm. for her to be happy and for us to be happy and obviously had my birth plan, which I think I had written something like, I didn't want gas and air. I know that because so many people had told me it made them feel very sick or throw mm. up. And obviously I have a metaphobia. So yeah. I'm going into this hospital, like, as long as I don't throw up, then everything <laughs> will be fine. <laughs> You're like more worried about not being yeah, sick than you honestly, are about I'm actually not, birthing or like, I'm not great in hospital situations. I didn't like the idea of like, you know, a cannula and all these things I've never had before. 
I'd never even done a blood test before being pregnant. Whoa. Yeah, I just hadn't needed to. And I think the longer I hadn't done it, the more I'd kind of built it up in my head. So I wasn't really nervous about the pain. I was more nervous about kind of my anxiety and like kind of medical things happening that I wasn't kind of as clued up on, I suppose. But I feel like I really surprised myself. I was also one of these people that was like, I will happily take pain relief. There wasn't a part of me that ever thought like, nope, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and push through it. I was always very like, oh no, no. The minute I am not enjoying myself, I will quite happily have an epidural. (laughs) So I think because I knew that as well, I kind of was just like, okay, I'll get to a point where I'm like, okay, this is a bit, this is too much for me. Yeah. And then I had an epidural. We went in on the Friday and then she was born like early hours of Sunday morning. Okay. Yeah. I think that's the thing is that when I think when people think of induction, they think you're going to be induced and it happens so like quick as a flash. But actually, usually it takes time. Yeah, exactly. I definitely thought it would be quicker. I didn't didn't realise how long the process. I thought it would be like maybe like 12 hours or like 10 hours in my head of just like it's kind of what I had in my mind. But I didn't realise how slow it was yeah but obviously that's for a reason because they don't want to ramp it up too much and then it's intense on the baby yeah they have to monitor the baby quite closely um but also I I feel like anything I ever did read about induction was quite scary like there's quite a lot of more kind of negative stories around induction and I actually had a really really positive experience Mm. so like anyone who I speak to it's kind of like induction is the thing they really fear like oh as long as I'm not induced you know as long as I can just do this how I want to do it and I don't you know and I don't get into that position so it is like I do feel like because I had such a positive experience it's quite nice to be able to reassure people in a way like not at any point did I feel like I was out of control or that something was happening that I didn't really want to happen. And there are definitely certain things that you can ask for. So I had um, like mobile, what's it called when they track the baby's like heart rate and the contractions, like the monitoring. Like mm. mobile yeah, they had monitoring for you and for the baby. Yeah, so you can still move around while you're being monitored. And, you know, just I think as long as you kind of have your like home comforts and your you feel like you know what's happening Mm. then it really does make a lot of difference I always say like I had a really really positive birth like I would do birth again tomorrow don't know that I would feel the same about the first trimester but I would definitely (laughs) do birth again (laughs) Zoe one thing that I found a quote from you that really made me chuckle was how the fuck does anyone do this with nothing and it really made me chuckle I said this to Alfie when I I said there was one point where I was in the bath I was topping up with warm water every like the three minutes and I was having contractions and I was like, I I looked at you and I was like, I can't, Alfie, how the fuck does anyone do this? Just breathing, just at home. I said, people do this at home. Yeah. The thought of a home birth. People do this at home. People just do this in water. But also I'm kind of just like, why? (laughs) Like if you said, Alfie, you got knee surgery next week, I'd be like, obviously there's going to be med- like <laughs> why would I ever not have medication but like, I guess mean? there's moments in that that really make you see that everyone's bodies are different like we process mm. things in different ways yeah it's just different for everyone and there's no so there's no right or wrong way you've just got to find a way that that does in that moment work for you what was your recovery like 
Mm, it wasn't great, but then obviously I don't really have anything to compare it to, but I found postpartum quite tricky. And I know a lot of people generally find postpartum quite hard. I actually did a like a poll on my Instagram and I said, you know, if you were to rate pregnancy, birth and postpartum mm. kind of favorite to least favorite or like worst to best, how would you rate it? And most people for them said postpartum was their worst, yeah. which I think is such a huge, I mean, that's just like a whole conversation in itself because it's one of those things where there's so much you could say, but then you don't want to, you know, someone, a friend who might be having a baby might say like, well, how did you find postpartum? And you, you could kind of give two answers. You could yeah. give like the wholehearted, honest truth, which could absolutely terrify someone or you could give a kind of more like lighter version, which then kind of could send somebody off into a bit of a false illusion of what postpartum is. It's so hard to find that balance. Well, I think maybe we put too much emphasis on the birth and we don't talk about postpartum enough. Whereas if we did, we'd probably arm people a lot better with yeah, the tools to, to actually get themselves through it. Things like tearing and recovery in that way, oh. you're leaking. I think, because then you could have like a little, a sack of tools that will just get you through and realise that you're not on your own in those moments. Because you just, for me entering motherhood, I thought I was going to be the best mother ever. And then entering it, the first three weeks I likened to hell because it mm. was just, you know, the pain, the breastfeeding didn't work, feeling a bit disconnected from what was going on. And I had in my head all these visions, all these ideas, all these ideals of what it was going to be. And it just simply wasn't that. Yeah, I kind of likened it a little bit. I mean, it's probably not the best like metaphor, but I said that pregnancy was almost like climbing one mountain. Bear in mind, I've never climbed a mountain. So this is just, it's this is just going off what I imagine it, it would yeah. be like. <laughs> pregnancy was climbing one mountain. Yeah. And you can have support from people, but you're essentially climbing that mountain on your own. Mm. People can kind of cheer you on from the bottom and be there for you if you fall, but you have to do it yourself. Then you've climbed this pregnancy mountain and then you have to have the baby. That's a whole other mountain to climb. Mm. And again, you're kind of exhausted from the first mountain you climbed. Like you're not going into birth your best self. Yeah. You know, you're tired. You've not really had great sleep. You've probably got acid reflux. You're swollen. You're not your best self. Yeah. So you've climbed one mountain, you're climbing another. Then you get to the top of that mountain and now you've climbed two and you're absolutely exhausted. You've got bruises, you're hurting all over, you're you've got a lot of pain. And again, people can be there for you, but mm. they're not going through exactly what you're going through and then postpartum is like another mountain on top of that but at this point you're climbing this mountain after having climbed two with no rest so you're 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 essentially getting to the top but you feel like absolute crap <laughs> and you're like I need to get there and I know I'm gonna get to the top and I've got everyone around me who's, who can help me but you just don't feel like yourself. You're not in a good starting position for postpartum unless you have a very easy birth, which I'm sure happens for a lot of people, which is great. So they can kind of enter into postpartum feeling a little less wounded, I suppose. But that's how I kind of felt. And I was like, I feel like I'm now doing the third mountain. Yeah. 
but I've walked just climbed too. I've not had really had much of a rest. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not coming into this part feeling refreshed. Like how, how the hell am I going to do it? And using your metaphor, although the people are still cheering, they are way down at the base of that first mountain. So for many parts of postpartum, it can feel like you are doing it alone. And it yeah. is, you know, because, you know, it is happening to you. And yeah, it's, definitely. It's a shock, though, seeing how much life changes literally overnight with a baby, you know, arriving. Oh, it really is. I'll let you speak on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've just word vomited at G. And you can like... word vom vomit all you like. It's fine. I honestly, the only thing I can liken it to, again, I'm using like really rubbish metaphors. I'm loving your metaphors. Okay. <laughs> you, you fire another one. The only thing I can liken it to is like, before you have a baby, your life is like a puzzle that is, is put together and all these different pieces, you've got friends, you've got family, you've got, you know, your hobbies, your work, it all comes together. It might be a bit of a messy puzzle already, but it, it all fits together and that's how your life is. And I feel like you have a baby and it's like someone has come along and gone, smash and your puzzle all the pieces are all still there no i think they've added in a couple of extra pieces oh yeah they've added in a so few now it doesn't you've got to choose which ones are getting out of there but is you feel a little bit like your life has just gone like this just has the puzzle is not in it's not together anymore do you sometimes wonder how you filled your time before you had a baby because i'm like i don't know how i uh, oh my god what i did what did we do i think what there's, there's probably my most common thought in my brain is like what did I possibly, I thought I was busy. I genuinely thought I was super busy. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it is wild. It is wild. Can you believe how much your life has changed? You know, you've almost been together 10 years. How much your lives together have, have changed within that period? Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. It's wild. Like, we've really been through, like, every phase of our, like, adolescent yeah, like growing up as adults together yeah and i think luckily there's also been hard work in there as well just to credit ourselves we've grown together i feel yeah. like because i feel like during that time period so much changes that people often grow apart yeah and i feel like we've really grown together definitely and how has utterly changed that good job <laughs> how has having utterly added to that it's a hundred percent made us like so much stronger in a sense that it's like we're both almost like we're both on like this level playing field of neither of us have done this before mm. we're both learning every day we learn something else we're learning this together like this is it's almost like the biggest project we have ever had together <laughs> but there's no room for like oh well we can't let's just not do it today do you know what I mean like you are faced with challenges and things you've got to kind of work out together and although we've done lots of you know work things in the past like nothing has ever been like this before and it makes you bicker a lot more I would say <laughs> like we well, no, just maybe not small more, no, just, just over the most definitely more but just thing. small little things well because resentment and stuff can no build wrong. up if you're not talking you know you can oh communication can, is yeah. key and also just because neither of us have done this before we might have totally different ways of doing something. 
which is fine in general life because that's what makes us who we are but all of a sudden we have this thing together that requires us to kind of be on the same page yeah. for a lot of it so like sometimes me and Alfie have had to sit down and be like okay well what do you suggest then like how would you yeah. deal with this or like in a much like more light-hearted way last year at Christmas I was like oh so when I did Christmas you know we had stockings but then father christmas would put a present under the tree for me and joe and alfie was like well we didn't have a present from father christmas and i was he like, doesn't put I was like well we tray. need to both he be on the same page it. here <laughs> oh like, he doesn't come to the tree but this is like things like this are big because you're starting your own traditions sure. and yeah. you've got to meet in the middle of what you're gonna what you're gonna exactly. do if i could get you to write a letter on parenthood who would it be to and what would you say? Ooh. I think I would write one to all of the people about to become parents. And I would just say something like, I don't know, something that's kind of reassuring and that kind of reminds them that whatever they are feeling, there are people that have felt that way and you won't always feel that way. Like, mm. If you're finding it hard, you're having a hard day, you're struggling with something, there will be somebody else feeling that way. And time does pass and they really do grow in front of your eyes so quickly that if you're going through a phase or you're finding something really tricky, it might feel long. Like I remember us being like, the days feel the long, days but feel the, so the weeks long. go so quick. Yeah that it's almost like, I don't know, time is moving so fast. Like, I think I think that's probably what I would say. Yeah. Just to reassure people mm -hmm. that might be feeling that way. Yeah. Alfie? I think I'd write a letter to, hmm, who would it be directed to? I know what it would say, but I'm trying to think who it would be directed to. Maybe it'd just be an open letter. But about, for me, and I'm not, throw my dad in the dirt here but for me <laughs> my my dad growing up and he was like an amazing dad really hands-on he worked incredibly hard like long hours he worked he commuted to London every day from Brighton where I lived but for me my dad was always like the hard-working one in the family more so than my mum mm. and my mum had like an amazing job she was a manager of seven people worked really long like long solid hours like norm our full-time job as well kind of thing but because my dad was commuting to london my mum also picked us up from school doctored to school cooked us dinners all of that kind of stuff yeah but in my head my dad was always the one that was like doing the hard stint he was commuting to london right and now when i reflect back on it and i haven't actually chatted to my mum about this she's probably listening to crying <laughs> um, now when i reflect back on it i'm like my mum did the hard stint. Sitting on a train to London commuting and doing like some big business meetings that my dad did all day. That is easy compared <laughs> to doing the full-time job and all the fun activities, me and my sister, dropping us to all the clubs, taking us to school, picking us up, cooking us dinners, yeah. cooking my dad dinner. So mine would be like an open letter to the parent that is the one that might not get as much uh, credit for doing the stint with the kids, whether that's the husband or the wife or whoever it is. Yeah. That parent 
is doing the stint. Even if the other one has financially a better job, whatever, that parent is doing the stint. And I haven't been able to appreciate that now. Yeah. Until having Otty. Yeah. I really love that. Okay. We have come to the final three sentences that I'd like you to complete. So Zoe, being a mum means... I did make a little note because I knew these questions were coming. Okay, so I put being a mum means feeling immense pride every day, which is something I would experience in life every now and then if I did something I felt proud of myself for or proud of somebody else. Mm. But I think when you are a parent, you feel that pride on another level, whether that's proud of yourself for getting through a hard day proud of your partner for something that they've done, proud of Ottie for, you know, hitting a milestone yeah. or, you know, saying a word that she's been trying to say, like the big things or the small things. I just have never felt so much pride than I have since being a mum. That's gorgeous. Alfie, being a dad means? I think becoming fully selfless like I said and just being aware that every decision big or small is for the entire family and affects the entire family because I think prior I just did a lot of things that I enjoyed doing and I think just having the awareness so just being fully selfless and just thinking of the whole family and everything I do yeah Zoe, since having a child, I? Since having a child, I find joy in the smallest of things. And I think it's really easy when you've got kind of a bit of tunnel vision before you have a child to kind of just get into the everyday things. And then since having Ottie, I feel like she has kind of ignited that kind of like childlike innocence. Like she'll get so excited by a leaf. And I'm like, <laughs> I wouldn't have even like taken a second look at that leaf. And yeah. it's like the joy that she feels for all these things for the first time is really nice because it kind of, it brings you back mm. down, I suppose. And it kind of reminds you that like, you know, you don't have to take life too seriously. And there really is joy in the simplest of things. So I think that. Alfie, since having a child, I? I've got my life together. I feel like I've got more, far more routine than I've ever had, which is obviously pretty forced in place because you can't <laughs> not really have too much of a routine. But I feel like I just couldn't have benefited more from having more structure in my life. Yeah. Structure. I remember before having our first, Tom was like, yeah, no, the baby will just sleep when we sleep. If you have a baby, you're like, well, that's a load of rubbish, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. I do we remember like, no matter what we do, no matter where we go, this baby's going to come with us and do Everywhere. what we're doing. And we're not going to abide to their to their time schedules. And now we're like, oh, that comes at a cost, though. I'm like, in the middle of a coffee with a friend, I'm like, so I've got to leave in four minutes. And they're like, really? Not five? I'm like, no, four. No, four. It's got to be got four. To go. <laughs> and finally, I'm happy when? I'm happy when we're with friends and family and they are with Ottie and you can see how much love they have for her and how much love she has for them. Like, 
obviously we love her and we see her every day but to see her with the people we love and to see how much mm. they love her that really makes me so happy like there's literally nothing better than like watching your child love on your favorite people and your favorite people loving on your child yeah, that's so gorgeous Alfie I'm happy when just doing the simple everyday little things as a family I think I've always enjoyed previously doing much bigger more more like sporty and outgoing things whereas now I just really appreciate and I'm the happiest when I'm just going for a little walk as a family yeah or going to my favorite coffee shop with Lofty as well yeah just being able to have those everyday little moments but those moments have been so massively improved Guys, thank you so much for giving me your time thank today. You. It's been so lovely sitting down and having a good old natter. I know. I feel like we've taken up so much of your time as well. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. I've been sat here all day, <laughs> I know. Same. I've literally just had someone in the studio like just showing me their watch and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. I'm not just sat down with friends. We are recording a podcast. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Thank honestly. you. Thank you so much. And sending you all so, so, so much love. Give Thank Ottilie you. a big squeeze from me. And I Squeeze wish she was well. here to say hi. Aww. I know. Yeah. She's so cute. Mm, so gorgeous. Well, thank you, guys. Hopefully get together soon. <laughs> <laughs>